Thank you for listening to the Heritage Church Podcast. My name is Jason Fisher, and as we often do, uh, I like to interview different people in our church just to get to know them a little bit better. Maybe you, you've seen some of these people around and, and uh, have meant to go over and say hello and uh, just hear their story a little bit. And so we're kind of doing some of that heavy lifting for you, uh, but really the idea is that you might... Um, Follow up, and if you if you hear someone's story, and you're like, I'd like to get to know that person a little bit more. That you might follow up with them, and maybe uh, buy them a coffee or something like that, and uh, just uh, get to know each other. So today, joining me is Jordan Knight. Hello, everyone. Hello, Jordan. Or is it Nate? Did I say that correctly? Uh, it's it. Traditionally, it is night, okay. but if you want to get disowned from your family, it's Nate. <laughs> yeah, well, there's a story behind that, which yeah. we really don't have time to get into. No, right? it's very long and very <laughs> yeah. very sad. So, Jordan, just give us some context. Like, on a Sunday morning, average Sunday morning, where would we find you? How would we know who you are? Oh, yeah. So, uh, I'm Jordan Knight, um, 38, 6'3". Someday, hope to be back to 275. <laughs> okay. Um <laughs> We got, we got some yeah. important stats here. Yeah, just so yeah. you know who to look for. Yeah. Um, yeah. Kind of a wasp, you know, white Anglo-Saxon Protestant. Wow, we're going there. Yeah. And yeah. Um, I can't believe you just... All right, well, whew, um, we're but, starting out. Yes. Hot. Yeah. You know, just the, the highlights. But maybe, um, but maybe not all the baggage that comes with that term, sure. right? Yeah, not... Yeah. Just in yeah. the... Like the best just sense the, of just a, the, in the best sense of this term yeah. that we now use to describe yeah. racist people right yeah okay right all but right. in its in its original uh, intent okay not for all the racist oh, undertones all right uh and not to put words in your mouth but like a lot of times tell us where you're serving like kind sure of where, where people might find you uh so i serve with the ministry team i am doing um lights and slides yeah Fairly frequently, I have uh, helped with leading worship before. Yeah, um, I was gonna out. Times. I was gonna out you, but you just did it. Like yeah. you actually have a good singing voice. I have been told that. Yeah, <laughs> um, I. You know, it just depends on what the needs are for the group. Like I'm happy to sing if they. Uh, need that help, but I feel like a lot of times the harder things to fill are the people that can help behind the scenes. Yeah, and yeah, that's true. I find a lot of joy in making sure that I can do something where nobody even notices that there was that that was even going on in the background. Yeah, has that always been stuff that you like to do? Like, have you always kind of enjoyed being the behind the scenes, filling those needs that other people don't want to meet? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I've been helping with lights and slides since I was in high school. Uh, Sean Ramirez, who was my small group leader oh, yeah. at Scottsdale Bible Church uh, many moons ago, he uh, he said, you know, why, why don't you just try serving in this capacity? And um, I have a propensity that I like to do things perfectly or to like ha- execute them as best as I can. And yeah. so slides is one of those things that there's always like, oh man, I c- that transition I could have done better yeah. or all sorts of things. But I he kind of taught me how to do it and I would do it a lot with him and help him with that. And then when I was in college and like would go and visit like another church or something like that. And I would stay for a while, I would offer to help them with that because it would always stick out to me when that could be something that could 
be improved because it it it's one of those things that I notice just because I've done it for so long, but I feel like it can pull people out of a good worship moment. Yeah, right. Because now they're focused like, I don't know what the words are, yeah. or that kind of jars people. So I try to make it as smooth as possible. That's true. And I, I that's a really great point, Jordan. There's an importance even in those things that we don't think of. It's those things that if they go right, nobody notices. Mm-hmm. But if they go wrong, everybody notices. And, and I... I love your commitment to excellence. I've also fallen victim to your commitment to excellence. Yeah, <laughs> throughout the years. So you want to? So Jordan and I have been we've been friends for a long time. Mm-hmm. 2000, 2002, 2001. 2001 or two. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You were you were just a junior in high school, and mm-hmm. I was just fresh into ministry. Yep. And, and I introduced myself by uh, in a. I guess semi tackle football game ripping your toenail off. You did, yeah. You you grabbed me, you ripped my boot off, and then with your teeth yeah. just w- went to town on my toe and I ripped mean, it off. It was that moment that I knew I wanted to get into the medical field. <laughs> yeah, no, I remember that actually. I think you like whipped me around. Yeah, and some I, and, and, spinning uh, thing. Yeah, and then my yeah my my toenail dislodged. It was it's really really painful. It's one yeah. of those like shouldn't be this painful, but it's excruciating. Yeah. yeah. First. So then ever camp. since so you and I we've done a lot together. Uh, mm-hmm. We've we've starred in some feature films uh, yeah. together. You may have heard of uh, Ubermime. Yep, the world's largest yeah. silent actor. Yeah, I'm sp- speaking to none other yeah. than Ubermime right now. Just so everyone knows, I am not in full mime garb, or else this would not be appropriate. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Podcast with a mime would be really boring. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> or comforting. It'd be you, you just a good hear white noise. You just hear shuffling, kind of like those like musicless music videos. You know, mm-hmm. you just hear the shuffling of. You would just hear the gloves moving. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Jordan, you got a great sense of humor. Uh, some might describe it as dry. I would describe it as just right. <laughs> Aged. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you mentioned, you mentioned Scottsdale Bible Church. Like, uh, tell us a little bit about, tell us, uh, let's do this. Tell us a little bit where, where you are right now. Like, tell us about your family. What are you doing for work and stuff? Sure. And then we can kind of back up into... Yeah, so um, I am married, and I have a one-year-old. Her name is Hazel. My wife's name is Ashley. Um, Ashley's awesome. Yeah. I've actually known Ashley for a long time, too. I got to do you guys' wedding, which is super fun. During COVID. Thick of COVID. Mm -hmm. And, uh, of course, Hazel is a doll. She's so cute. She is uh, amazing. Yeah. you like you you can be around other people's kids like my my sister and my brother have have kids and I've been around them like yeah they're kids but until you're actually like around a kid yeah. or a baby every day and yeah. seeing them grow and develop and yeah that's that's the magic what's the thing right now with her like is there anything she's learning or um, any quirky phase that she's in right now she's throwing a lot of things oh that's like fun. she like she'll like to take things out of like a bucket or something or take things off of your head or like ne- like going after things and just throwing them <laughs> at anyone in particular no, or just just out it, and it's funny to see, it's almost like she's searching ravenously for something yeah like there'll be stuff all over the floor and she'll just Chuck it behind herself, just like just, that's, not it. Yeah, that, that's not no, it. That's no, not no, it. That's not it. And I feel for her because that's that is frustrating when you can't find something. It's, it's kind of uh, it's a it's a an, um, object lesson of your life, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Just chucking things, looking yeah. for things, 
Get it. Get behind me, Satan. Okay. Shannon has a scar on her forehead from one of our kids. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Chucking a sippy cup at her forehead. I mean, I think that's going to come once she has the ability to kind of have more things that she can like, you know, utensils and cups. Yeah. She's not quite there yet. Everything's finger foods and like we'll hold a cup for her to, to drink from. Yeah. But once she has her own stuff, it's, yeah. it's look out. Yeah, when your kids draw blood, that's when you mm-hmm. know you're like, man, I'm just in the thick yeah. of it. Uh, and how, how long have you guys been married now? Three years. Three years. It's going to be three years in May. Dang. That's right. Yeah. Wow. Uh, so what do, you, uh, what do you do for work? I am a nurse. Mm-hmm. I work um, at a local hospital network. Um, I've worked in like several capacities, but mostly in surgery. Okay. So when we talk about like slides is something where I like to do stuff in the background where nobody notices if it goes right. And if it goes wrong, everybody notices. (laughs) Surgery is another one of those things. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, if you think about it. (laughs) I guess I never really thought about it. Yeah. That's funny. So do you, I know uh, you're a bit of, you, you like to mess with people. Uh-huh. Um, which is another very endearing thing about you. Is there any like like church podcast appropriate stories that you can tell me about pranks that you've pulled in the? Or is, is this violating HIPAA laws? I'm it not won't sure. Violate any HIPAA laws, <laughs> but um, I'm trying to think of just different things we've done. Like there was, especially when I was starting out, there was a lot more of like a Scrubs feel to surgery. I mean, you're taking it seriously. You're, you're talking t- about the show Scrubs. The, sh- the show, yeah, the yeah. TV show Scrubs. Yeah. Where there's definitely humor there and there's some lightheartedness. I mean, you're taking you're taking care of that patient and making sure yeah. that they're safe. But in between cases, when you're pr- opening things up and getting ready for the next surgery um, and talking to the other like physicians and stuff like that, there's, there's always some room for like a, just like a quick joke or, yeah. Um, That's gotta be a way to like navigate the hard stuff that you guys face every day too. Right. Yeah. Like without humor, like there's got, it's a, it's a relief valve, isn't it? Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, some people, you know, drink heavily. Hmm. I just find it's really nice to just say a witty line every once in a while. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, like we, <laughs> Uh, one of the things that's used quite a bit in surgery in a bunch of different applications is lubricant, like a silicone or like some, some sort of lubricant from um, making sure that you can get an airway into someone. You use just a little bit of that so yeah. it's not as abrasive. So there are a lot of tubes of that around yeah. in surgery. And so we might take some of that and put it in the earpiece of a phone. It's all hypothetical, right? Theoretically. (laughs) And then during the middle of a case, call that phone. So somebody has to pick it up and get a whole earful of it. (laughs) In in both meanings of the phrase. Oh, that's the worst. Um, you know, or he's taking that same stuff and lubing up hand, like the different rails of a cart, like the hand, the handles of it. Because <laughs> yeah. people just love that. At, at some point, you're like doing surgery on somebody because of an accident due to a prank in the hospital with a, you know, the lubricant, right? I wouldn't count it out. Okay. Knowing how much lubricant there is in the surgery arena. That's funny. That's good. Well, I know you have lots of other stories, which we don't have time for right now, but... Uh, they're kind of fun to get into. So, you know, if you do corner Jordan, maybe that's a, that's where you can start. That's yeah. Right. Hey, tell if me a want, story. Tell me a really off, like weird and dark, funny medical story. Yeah. How'd you get into nursing? I mean, 
in all seriousness, in high school, I was telling everybody I wanted to be a stay-at-home dad, and all the all of the people, like all the stay-at-home moms I knew, they're like, they're like, oh yeah, I was a nurse, and then we had a family, and so I stayed at home. So I was like, well, I'll just tell people I'm going to go into nursing. But my sister, um, who's two years older than me, she went to ASU and started the nursing, like that whole nursing realm. Yeah, and um, just hearing about what she was learning about and thinking about what that would mean for like her daily work. Like I told myself I didn't want to be in a suit and tie. I didn't want to be in a cubicle all day. I wanted to be, you know, working with my hands and doing something that I could at the end of the day, like that's my accomplishment. Yeah. And surgery definitely does that. Yes. Yeah, uh, sure. A lot of manual labor in different, different ways. It's not hanging drywall or anything, but yeah, but you're definitely on your feet all day. You definitely feel like you've had a, a good day's work. Well, and I imagine you're, I mean, mentally and emotionally, you're so engaged because like you said earlier, like you really have to be on your game. You got to mm-hmm. be committed to excellence there. And so that's got to be draining as well. Yeah. It's a, it, it can be, um, especially initially like the onboarding to be an OR nurse, um, is a, they it's six months to kind of be on your own, but then to be very comfortable in that job, it's a year or maybe even more because there's just so much to know. And right. a lot of that stuff you don't learn in nursing school. A lot of nursing schools, how to be a bedside nurse, not an OR or a procedural area nurse. They have to take what you know and then teach you all this other stuff that they didn't have time to go over in nursing school. Right. That's got to be intense. Yeah. Yeah. But it's interesting. It's very, it's very interesting. And there's a lot, it's a lot of technical knowledge on how to make sure things are sterile and how to make sure people are positioned appropriately. And then knowing all the different instruments that are involved, like everything has a name that was given by a surgeon. So a surgeon invented a tool and that's the tool's name. Yeah. And so yeah. then there's also of course humor cause anything can be, have a weird name. We'll always ask the new guy, like, can you get me an Otis elevator? We need an Otis elevator. And that's actually the name of the elevators that are in hospitals. So okay. somebody will run out into the hall and be like, I need an Otis elevator. <laughs> And come back in shame. So, oh man, there's hazing everywhere. Whether everywhere. it's the construction site or in the OR. Yes. What's, what's another name of, a, of an implement that I've um, probably never heard of? Babcocks. Okay. What is that? Babcocks are um, different kind of clamps. Okay. They have, there's Kelly's. Is that the name of a person, a Babcock clamp? Dr. Babcock, I assume. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I He's like, Dr. Babcock, I Excuse presume. me, can I have this clamp? But I need it to be rounded in a certain way, and I want my name on it, please. So nobody steals it. Yeah. Oh, wow. I, so you're obviously, uh, you're not squeamish then, because I, I can't, no. like, there's no, there is no chance that I could do what you do. For many reasons, not the least of which is being able to sit there and watch someone get cut open. I would, I would just pass out and be a, be a bigger problem. Well, I mean, traditionally it without fail, like a lot of people, the first time they see surgery, they do, they, it's very likely you will pass out. Even, even like people who are trained nurses, doctors, like I went through nursing school and they're like, did you eat something this morning? Because you might like, just don't lock up your legs, stay against the wall because you haven't seen it before. You don't really know how you're going to react to it. Yeah. And even if you do react that way, like the next time you could be completely fine, but it's just that first like, wait, we're going to do what? I imagine the doctors, like on your first day, like the the veteran doctors and nurses, they mm-hmm. see you come in. You're a yeah. big guy. Yeah. They're like, oh my gosh, it's his first day. Like, is everybody ready if he yeah. goes down? Where's the where's a load bearing wall we yeah. can put yeah. up against? <laughs> right. There's a header in this yeah. in this, isn't there? Yeah. Did you pass out? No, I didn't. 
My first case that I saw was a tummy tuck procedure. And when they took off the extra skin, I asked if he was going to make a cummerbund out of it. <laughs> <laughs> and what? the surgeon gave me a look, yeah. not knowing how to respond to yeah. that. <laughs> but eventually goes, no, we just, we just discard it. You're either really funny or a psychopath. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably too early to yeah, tell. Exactly. Uh, that's great. Okay. So um, give me a little bit of your, your story. You know, we kind of, we were, we uh, already talked a little bit about the fact that we'd known each other for a long time. Mm -hmm. um, but that's, you know, I, I would like to think that I'm the, the star of your story, but I'm not. I, I realize that. So <laughs> give us a little bit of like, um, yeah, just your journey. How did you, sure. how'd you come to faith in Christ? Um, you know, even like leading up to you and Ashley and how mm -hmm. all that came to be. So sure. Uh, so I um, I was raised in a Christian family. Um, both my parents are Christians. Um, actually, on my dad's side, his dad is a pastor. All of his brothers, all four of his brothers, are pastors. Wow. So um, always raised in the church. Yeah. Um, and you know I. It just was almost like, you know, when they talk about like fish being in a fishbowl and like says to another fish, like, what's all this water? And they're like, what are you talking about? What's water? Like, that's kind of what Christianity was growing up. Like we were always around it. it yeah. There was never the thought of like, what would that be like to not go to church on Sunday yeah. and yeah, to have a small group in Awana and all that kind of stuff. Um, but we also moved around a lot. So we would be um, going to different churches fairly re frequently. And then... Um, when I came out here in high school, that was the first time we really kind of stayed somewhere for quite a while. Yeah. And actually, you know, still here to this day. Yeah. Um, and so that was when I was about when, so when I was like a freshman in high school, that's when it was more about like, I wasn't just going to church because my parents go and I have to get in the van with all the other kids going to church that day. It's like, I, I want to go. And especially since it was a new, new area to live in and, I'm starting high school. Now it kind of ratchets up of like, what kind of people do you want to hang around, hang around and be with during, at school and yeah. outside of school? And I really started to be like, I need to be at church and I need to take this seriously and make it my own mm. because I know it to be true. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not just doing it because I'm being told to do it. Like it's, yeah. it's something that's true to me having a personal relationship with Christ and um, moving in that direction instead of just falling to whatever the world would tell me to fall into. Yeah. This is freshman year. Freshman year. Yeah. Did yeah. you ever have like a, any kind of a crisis of faith or was that, did it all just really make sense to you the whole time? No, it all, it all just made sense to me. Mm. And, um, especially like, so back then it, like in high school, it made sense to me, but even more so like the more I learn about, you know, the, like our human design and our anatomy and something like that to think that, that all came from by chance or by yeah. some massive explosion, no chance. Yeah. Like there's, there's some entity that's in, that's in chart, like that's overseeing all things like you, and you can, you just see it in every aspect. So, I, and another funny thing is when I was, I took a break from nursing for a couple of years and went and did medical device sales where I sold, um, total knee implants and that's total right. hips. Yeah. And we were going through all of the, uh, like the geometry of like how a, a hip or a knee implant was designed. And they would always talk about, you know, we always see like this rule of threes, like 
the the axis between the two sides of your knee, the the uh, the the condylar axis. So like we we see this guy got like a three degree tilt, and we see that number three all over the place, but we don't know why. I'm like, well, <laughs> wow, duh, yeah, like I don't know. I, That's I see, fascinating. Yeah. So there's real, there's always like these hint. I feel like there's these hints that that showed like yeah some all-encompassing design or this all-encompassing plan yeah and there's comfort in that yeah to know that we don't have to control everything we are not in charge of all that we think we're in charge of and because we can't we can't be in control of that we don't have the the power or the ability to to feel like we can hold all that up and maintain it yeah that's cool well that that subject of control is or or just like trusting in the lord more Mm -hmm. is uh great segue into another part of your story, you know, which is, um, just really trusting the Lord for kind of the, the plan, the journey that he had you on. Mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So my, my plan when I was going into college, cause like nursing school, you know, it's interesting, like everything about the human body, but I'm also like, I'm going to be around single women all the time. There's going to be a nursing class with just me, maybe (laughs) one other guy. And I'm funnier than that guy. Yeah. So, so there, I, now, I we're, have... now we're getting at uh, another ulterior motive, right? <laughs> yeah. For nursing school. And so I was just like, I, I'm going to meet somebody and it's going to, you know, we'll progress from there. And so I graduated from high school, starting starting college, get through college. Now I'm like on my own, or, you know, moving out of my parents' house, getting my own place. And I'm like, okay, still haven't really met anybody. But I know I want to have a family and I want to be married because I feel like that's I like I see life as not necessarily like having these experiences, but sharing experiences with someone. Yeah, because it's not as fun to just tell somebody about something you went on, but to like have that bond and that memory together. And also the more that you would like you understand about what marriage is, about the sharpening and the honing and like making the helping them you help each other make the best versions of yourself and become more Christ-like yeah. in that like refining process. I I just wanted that so bad. Yeah. And I graduated and then basically I would see all my friends get married, my siblings all got married and then were, it's like Were you in a lot of weddings? I was in a couple of them. Yeah. Um like your brother's wedding yeah. and then some other friends, but a lot of people, you know, got married in col- or like college and they yeah. might be out of state. So I never, right. but anyway, so you're watching yeah. all these people get married around, seeing you, all right? these people get married around me. I'm like, well, what's, what's, what's the plan for my life? Yeah. And what am I going to like, what does this mean? Does this mean I'm not going to get married, but I have this desire yeah. and what do I do with that? Right. And the, I just had to continually, whenever I get frustrated or just, you know, because that can really be an emotional thing to go through. Mm-hmm. You just have to keep taking it back to, to God and saying, I, this just hurts. Yeah. And what do I do with it? And it's always been that God has provided for me throughout my entire life. And there's m- so many stories of all the times that should have been a very bad situation for me to be in. And for um, him to see me through that, I just had to trust that his plan is better than my plan. And he he knows he designed me to have these desires yeah, and to not give them to like, to not have some way of fulfilling them. Like that's not who God is. Yeah. So I, I have to trust in that. Yeah. And then 13 years later, it finally comes about where wow. I meet Ashley in a way that where I thought I had, you know, blown it meeting somebody else. Like it's just a tip for the people listening in. 
If you're trying to impress someone, don't isolate them in a social scenario where they just hate you for a year. But in my defense, it worked. (laughs) You made an impression. Yeah. Sometimes uh, any press is good press, right? That's right. Uh, Wow, so 13 years. Yeah. And then Ashley comes along Mm -hmm. and... In, in those 13 years, you know, you, you, ta- you touched a little bit on just kind of the agony of that and, mm-hmm. and trusting in the Lord and crying out to him and wondering, was there any, like, can you, were there any instances where people tried to come alongside you in ways to try to help, but it was helpful or it was actually not? Like, do you remember any, any ways that, that yeah. some like things that people were trying to help, but it actually didn't do yeah, what like, they thought it would. Like, I guess, I guess what I'm asking is, is how do you, how do you come alongside someone who, who is single, mm-hmm. who has been for a while, who wants to get married? How do you really care for them and love them and, and come alongside them? Um, and, and how can you inadvertently hurt? Yeah. I think, I think there's the misinformation that like you have to get, you have to get yourself to a certain point mm, yeah. until you are like, till, and that's the spot that God will want you to be in. Right. And then he'll have you meet yeah, somebody. This idea that it, you're, you're single for a reason yeah, and it's you need you. to fix something right. and then it's yeah. going to be fine. And you're saying that's a flat out lie. Yeah. Absolutely. That's a total lie. Yeah. Um, or the fact it's like when you stop looking, that's when you'll find somebody. I'm like, I don't... <laughs> I don't know what that means. Yeah. Because do people say that to you? Yeah. They're like, well, you know, it's when you stop trying, like, yeah, you're, you like dated online or you are meeting people at a small group, like through church functions and stuff like that. Like you're just trying too hard. Wow. So this is, this is unhelpful advice. One on one. Yeah. Just the best advice is that like, it's going to happen when it's going to happen. Yeah. And you can either just lock yourself into a room and just kind of perseverate on that. Yeah. Or you can, you know, see all the other ways that God has blessed you and, you know, really lean into those things with family and friends and, yeah. and kind of rounding yourself out in that time. Yeah. Like in, in hot and things that interest you, this is, that is the time where you're going to have the most free time to pursue something that you're interested in, in your whole life. Yeah. And so explore that and it's going to make you a more interesting person. It's going to make you feel like you have more things to contribute and in a way it's going to make you more appealing to other, to the other, the other sex, the other gender. Yeah. And I I can't remember who told me that, but I was like, yeah, I should, I should really like how you and I would make videos and like do things for, for high school ministry or learning, you know, martial arts or going rock climbing or all sorts of things that we did. Yeah. It just it just makes you more it just you become more faceted yeah and people like that well I've and been, you like that yeah and I've I you know I've been <clears throat> reminded again that we uh, unfortunately and I think sometimes it's just a way to like figure out life and navigate relationships we boil things down to status mm-hmm. and oh these are my married friends these are my single friends and we interact with people based on even their marital status and that's just a that's not a that's not helping anybody or anything. And mm-hmm. I think for anyone, you know, um, my, my thing is like, don't, don't treat, we don't need to treat single people in some weird or different way because they're single. Like there's a, all of us together are children of God. And how do we, yeah. uh, you know, have those relationships and stuff together? I so, think 
Well, I'm, the the other part of your question was, what is like an encouraging thing to tell those people? Yeah, yeah. Um, or not even to tell, like, like, or just yeah. I think because I know people in my life that they are kind of on a similar path of like, okay, so they didn't necessarily get married in, right out of high school or meet somebody in college. That doesn't mean that you're not going to meet someone that God doesn't have that plan for you. Yeah. And shoot, 13 years later, and I meet someone, and we get married with within the year of like meeting each other. Well, actually, I've started da- of like actually starting to pursue each other and, and date. Yeah. That that it does. Time doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Time is just that's just God's plan when and it may not line up with how you think your life is going to go but that doesn't mean your life is going to be any poorer for that yeah yeah so with that in mind like you're obviously married now how do you how do you reflect back on that 13 years of singleness like how do you how do you view that how do you hold that um I hold it as there was like I I'm glad that I went through that Mm -hmm. and I'm glad of all the things that it taught me in that time period about like how to be like good with my finances, how to like pursue all these other interests that I had and to have time to um, spend time with friends and to enhance my, like and move my career forward and do all this other time. They would be much harder to do if I was married and I would be a completely different person. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it has been fun. Even even as I reflect on you and our friendship, just the ways that God has worked in your life and mm-hmm. made you to be the person that you are today. And it's just cool to see. It's just a reminder to me of, of God's working and in his grace in our lives. So yeah, appreciate you sharing that. You yeah, know, um, absolutely. there's so much more, but we're pretty much out of time here already. Um, but if you, uh, if you're listening and, and, uh, you'd like to get to know Jordan a little bit more, I'm sure he'd love to, um, let you buy him lunch or something. I don't know, <laughs> whatever. Sure. <laughs> Um, but as we always do, Jordan, at the end of these, I have my little handy book of questions. Mm-hmm. This is, I'm not ready. I don't have one ready for you. I've not curated this. This is just random question. It here. does have your name on the front as an author. But. <laughs> well, you know, no, it does not. He's, he's, he, that's not true. Um, okay. Here, here's, here's one. Where is your favorite place to eat breakfast? I would have to say the breakfast house okay. over on 32nd street in Thunderbird. I think that's yeah. Oh, the original breakfast, the original house. breakfast house. Yeah, That place is legit. So good, but yeah. cash only apparently it is. So be careful with that. Well, they do have an ATM in there. You're right. So if, if you need to get cash, if you want to have your breakfast yeah. be like $5 more, Yeah, you can go use that ATM. But I mean, biscuits and gravy, fresh. They make their own Pop-Tarts there. Yeah, they do. Homemade Pop-Tarts. Have you had their French toast? Uh-huh. It's really good. Yeah. That, yeah. I, I'm with you. I, that's probably my favorite one, too. And I actually have a story, a funny story about Original Breakfast House, but I'm not going to tell it right now. If you want to know about the story, you can ask me about it, and that's how I'll know you've listened to this podcast. <laughs> So with that, we bid you adieu. Uh, Jordan, thank you so much for joining me here. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Uh, if you want to know more about our church, you can go to heritagechurchaz.com, and uh, the internets will tell you all about us. It's all on the interweb somewhere. Yeah, yeah. In the meantime, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll talk at you next time.